All right, peace, y'all. Peace, y'all. Salutations this evening. This will be your host, Flex, on the Flex Pill Podcast today. And every day, every other day after that, you know. And uh, it's been a couple weeks, y'all. You know, basically, you know, again, just going through my whole detoxification process. You know, it's been, uh, it's going to be a journey. You know what I'm saying? The journey has started. Um, You know, basically, just had to be able to go ahead and break away from you know, negativity, bad vibes, bad energy. And by that meaning, you know, after on and off for about like seven years, you know, I had to finally just separate myself from my second baby mama. She was the person who basically I've been in a relationship on and off for the last seven years. We got a two-year-old together, you know, a two-year-old son. It's the only child that we happen to have together. And uh, he was born on May 17th, 2018. Um, yeah, she was just basically toxic, you know what I'm saying? There were some things, you know, that she said and she done or whatnot that, uh, you know, she just will never take accountability for. And she personally admitted that herself. And, you know, basically that kind of lead towards me doing things, you know, basically, you know, as returning the energy, you feel what I'm saying? Not necessarily out of spite, but, you know, I just always kind of felt like, you know, I'm not getting exactly what I want when I feel like I'm giving everything that she wants. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? Ain't none of us getting what we want because it's like, you know, when one side just ain't going to give in and then the other side is giving all that they can give, but just, you know, feel like the energy is draining up out of them by just giving so much, you know, which is me. You know, I'm not going to necessarily basically apply that type of energy and effort anymore into giving her exactly what she feels she needs because I don't even feel like I'm getting that back myself. You know, as many times as I ask for it, as many times, you know, as I feel like, you know, I deserve that, you know, I'm going to always basically, you know, seek, you know, who's going to give it to me. And women go through that situation as well, but there's always a double standard, though, because when men do it, you know, we're like, you know, the low-down, dirty dogs, you know, but a lot of times, you know, women happen to go ahead and seek that love and that affection and that security elsewhere at times when, you know, they're already with the significant other that they're with, you know, and, you know, sometimes, I mean, I guess, though, it's just that common situation. I know a lot of people say that, you know, why not just leave? And, you know, that is the easy thing to do is just leave. Sometimes it be a complicated situation where, you know, like, you really do happen to have that type of, you know, love and affection for that person. You definitely want to, you know what I'm saying, you know, try to see if you can work it out just because, you know, You've told each other those stories about the pain that y'all go through and the type of people that you've dealt with prior to each other. And, you know, you always want to be able to, you know, try to fulfill the needs of that person by letting them know or by showing them, you know, how much you're not that last person. And, you know, I definitely, you know, had to put in work 
I find myself, you know, just working real hard at trying just because I know, you know, that there were times, again, like I said, I did things that, you know, probably were questionable, but I felt like I was in the right of doing the things that I needed to do because I weren't getting the things that I needed to get. And then there were times that were, you know, we'll come close to the breakup, but then we'll come on back. Then we'll get close to the breakup and then we'll come on back. And then it feels like, you know, boom, it's over. But yeah, we come on back. And then, of course, you know, uh, like around, what was it? I think it was like around like uh, early 2014, you know, we split up. Um, somewhere around like February, March or something like that of 2014, we split up. Um, we haven't really gotten back together until it was, I think, uh, November or December of 2015. You know, so we've been apart for almost close to two years. Not necessarily a full two years, but, you know, been split up and separated and went our own ways for around that time and and then you know like I kind of was just looking at all the exes I had been with and everything like that and basically trying to see you know who was compatible with me and whatnot because I wasn't necessarily trying to like really look for anybody new unless you know I was just gonna just smash you feel what I'm saying like I, I, I just like you know had small portions of random new chicks that I was looking for and like just to, just to smash, you know, nothing serious. I was really looking at all of my exes and kind of seeing like, you know, like basically, you know, who I can be able to deal with at the moment while I'm just single and doing me and just kind of keeping my circle small. And, you know what I'm saying? I was just, you know, keeping like a relationship with them just to be able to smash them just to kind of, you know, keep myself on the safe side. And then, you know, all the new people that were random, you know what I'm saying? You know, I already had, you know, I, I had my golden boys already on deck, you know, and just kind of, you know, had my night of fun, you know, smash them and, you know, let them go on by their business. But in between that, though, I just got to thinking to myself, you know, just basically the good that we had while we were together and... I ain't gonna lie, I made that move back, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, I was just ready to be able to attempt to, you know what I'm saying, you know, step in that family man role, and also, on top of that, you know, that really wasn't the sole reason, that was one of the reasons, but, you know, also the sole reason of why I wanted to kind of step into that family man role is because I built a relationship with a little girl that was over there um the first time you know when we was going through our our our, our first round you know of a relationship you know i met all of her kids because she has four she had four at the time and that fourth one you know was basically a a, a brand newborn baby um who was about seven or eight months at the time and you know that little girl's name is Jamisha. So, when I met her, when I met Jamisha, you know, she was seven months. And she was a brand newborn baby at the time. And, you know, I built that bond and that relationship with her. Um, My biological father was nowhere in the scene at the time. Um, She probably seen dude maybe like a couple times. She know who her real biological dad 
is, but I'm the one that been around throughout basically her entire life. She knew me at dad. Her first two words that she ever said literally was daddy. And she said it like that, like daddy, twice, you know, in front of me and in front of her moms, you know what I'm saying? And that right there just set the bond off. So, you know what I'm saying? That 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 just set the whole father-daughter covenant off right there. And, you know, I've always accepted her as, you know, my daughter, even though she's not biologically my daughter, but I still accept her as my daughter because, you know, I was with her from the ground up, you know, and she's seven years old right now she's gonna turn eight in december um you know that was one of the sole reasons why i went back over there to kind of just you know step into a new family man role something that you know i was never used to you know in my life because you know in my 20s you know what i'm saying my 20s you know I, I was just a little young savage out there you feel what i'm saying i was just sitting there you know basically you know being the chiropractor that they need, but I was just, I was, I was just breaking backs and setting them straight. I was putting the rod in it to go ahead and straighten them up after the back got broke. You feel me? So, I mean, that was just me right there. Feel me? I, I, I would just put my PhD degree up in there, you know, to, to make sure that my resume stays solid. Um, but you know, like I, I. I was just looking at life differently at that point in time, you know, because, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, it was just, you know, that time of my life I was shedding my skin, you know, and basically stepping into a, you know, a newer sleeve, you know what I'm saying? And I, I guess that was just part of the maturation process, you know, of just, you know, just not being like, you know, this wild, hormone-induced creature, you feel what I'm saying, and actually, like, just practicing and being a man, you feel me? Um, let me see. I think I was around 26 or 27 at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was still in my 20s, though, definitely. I was probably around maybe 27 at the time or something like that, and, you know, I just was kind of, like, looking at life different. You know what I'm saying? It was two, 2013, you know what I'm saying? Um, I ended up, was, you know, in a relationship prior, you know, to my soon-to-be baby mama at the time. And, you know, that prior relationship, man, I, I was just with this young chick, you feel what I'm saying? Like, that was younger than me, um, probably maybe four years younger than me. I don't know what I was thinking at that point in time. I, I guess it probably was part of the depression. I just, you know, needed a little chick that was younger than me or something like that. Cause I, I've always dated chicks older than me. You feel what I'm saying? Whether it be, you know, a cougar or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always dated older women. You know what I'm saying? And I just was landed with this young chick or whatever. And the time when I had to go ahead and knock her baby daddy out and knock his whole front teeth out and shit like that and that shit fuck around and tore a tendon in my knuckle, you know, it just like, I just went to thinking to myself, like, man, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this ain't the type of, you know, like, lifestyle I want to just keep on living for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ain't trying to plan to be in the streets forever. I ain't trying to be no nigga that's around here catching these beefs and, you know, got to be able to handle a nigga or something like that or, or end up having to shoot a nigga or something like that or whatnot. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, at that point in 2013, 
You feel what I'm saying? It was like when I was sitting in that hospital just underneath all that morphine and shit after surgery. And that morphine was good as fuck too. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just sitting there just doing a whole lot of contemplating while I'm high as fuck off that morphine. Just a lot of contemplating. A lot of, you know, you know, you know, thought provoking, you know, little life decisions I was going through in in my mind, you know. And just wanted to step into that role. And, you know, it, it was shaky because, you know what I'm saying, I was still trying to shake off my old ways. And, you know, that's why, I, you know, that first round of the relationship never really worked. But that second round of the relationship, you know what I'm saying, you know, basically I attempted, you know, to basically do everything. I, I let her see my Facebook, gave her my password to my Facebook, all that. Let her see my Instagram, gave her my password to that. Of course, I had, you know, deleted all the old shit up out of there and whatnot and everything. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I basically wanted to go ahead and prove my, my trust to her and everything like that. And I attempted to do those things by, you know, just showing her, like, man, look, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to kick it with you. I'm ready to go ahead and rock out with you the long way. You know what I'm saying? We can be able to do this. You know? And like I said, just basically, you know, during the event of me being out of town, you know, that I was I was kind of hit with something, you know, when it came down to me getting one of my kids out of Alabama, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I've just been through a life of being deprived of fatherhood that, you know, that she would never understand because she've always had all her kids, whether the father been there or not. The kids always been there, you know what I'm saying? And my twins haven't really always been around me, you know? So, you know, again, I just kind of felt like, you know, I just been deprived of fatherhood at that point because of their first, of my first baby mama. Um, you know, that's a topic of discussion for another time, you feel me? I, that, that, that'll take me to a dark place. So I'm going to definitely go ahead and break that down on a whole other podcast or something like that. But, yeah, as I was saying, though, you know, like, it's something that she'll never understand. And, you know, basically because the situations didn't go the way how she wanted it, you know, a situation had popped up that I was not even in control of that. You know what I'm saying? I already knew nothing about until I was out of town doing a Hurricane Harvey relief over in Houston, Texas. And I hopped to it because, you know what I'm saying, that's my that's my son. Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, uh, I had to go ahead and, and get my boy, you know. And maybe it kind of deflect my plans on what I was originally supposed to be doing or trying to do. But, you know what I'm saying, I couldn't be able to just, you know, like, leave my boy. And, you know what I'm saying, like not make him feel like, you know what I'm saying, like, yo, his daddy ain't trying to show up to come snatch him up real quick. You know what I'm saying? Because I always want to make sure that, you know, out of anything, that, you know, my kids always feel the love from their dad. You know, they feel the act of love, not just, you know, the show up dad that just dropping off food, snacks, and gifts, and all that other bullshit. But, you know, you know, just be active in their life as their father. You know what I'm saying? Not just their daddy. But, you know what I'm saying? Again, it's just basically things that she will never understand about me because she will never try to understand. You know, when you're so self-induced, you know, with yourself and what you want and how you want things because you've never got it that way, 
and you're not really looking at the perspective, you know, from your partner, even when your partner is, give, is doing his best to give all that to you, you know what I'm saying? Your partner want that shit back, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, both 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 parties are humans, you know, so, you know, you can't just suck the life and the energy force out of one person just to go ahead and feed your selfish needs of just, you know, wanting the love, wanting the attention and the care and the affection, not saying you don't deserve it. But you can't just suck the life and the energy out of that person by trying to get all that from him and you don't even give that back or even attempt to give that back. You know what I'm saying? And like little minuscule shit, you know, that she was basically, you know, giving me, I guess what she felt was love or wanted to call it love or call it affection or call it care. You know, she has that one way of looking at it without really looking at the bigger picture. Like, you know, like them little, little little Debbie food snacks of love and care ain't it. You know what I'm saying? That's all good and dandy or whatnot. I mean, I can still look at little things like that and appreciate it. But a motherfucker's a grown-ass man. You got to feed me the whole steak and potatoes full of love and affection. You got to give me the whole goddamn meatloaf with the country with the country gravy on that motherfucker or something, uh, the, bar, the sweet baby rays. Like, man, you got to feed me the way how you want to be fed. Straight up, you know. And we kind of went through a whole phase of that from 2016 all the way to 2020. Like, with 2016, 2017 was kind of, you know, again, we was... 2017 is where we kind of got to a place the way we, we was like, you know, going back down a trajectory, a downward trajectory again, you know, because of, you know, her actions, her mouth, you know what I'm saying? Her mouth is sour just like her mama's. And I don't mean that like, you know what I'm saying, in a, in a, a physical type of like, not no, not no error, aromatic type of, you know, sourness, but like, she has a sour-ass, vulgar fucking mouth. Like, she don't know what the fuck she says when it comes out of her mouth. And she just think, you know, like, she 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 just being upfront and on point. But, like, you know, her upfrontness basically kind of comes with vulgarity that she doesn't really realize that she's saying it with. And her mama is the same way. That's why I can't stand her old ass. But that's another story for another day as well. Um, But, um... Yeah, yeah, me and her mama beefing too. Like, like that's a, like I say, another topic for another day. But for this one, yeah, man, like you know, like she got a real sour ass mouth, man. And like it, it's it's the kind of mouth to wear. Like if it was the old me, you know, the old me probably you know would have like went off, and you know, not in the way of snapping, but I mean like went off, and just probably didn't even see her as my old lady no more. You know, like like she like she say shit deep just like that that'll make you even forget that you know what I'm saying that's even your chick. But I have to catch myself because that is my chick. You know what I'm saying. And part of my maturation process is basically to kind of be able to go ahead and diffuse the situation, let her know you know what I'm saying where she getting out of pocket at and where she getting out of line at to where you know it don't even got to be taken to that level. We can we can be able to communicate about certain things to where. Shit don't even have to get out of hand. And she was over the type of whole shit in, whole shit in, whole shit in. And then at the last minute, throw that bitch right back in your face and blow up. When I would always pursue a conversation about it, maybe two to three days prior to where we can be able to handle that situation then and there. And we can be able to move on and grow. Like I said, she's already admit that she is not capable of, you know, carrying that type of thought process. 
And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, damn, you basically pretty much a fucking middle schooler. Like, you can't be able to go ahead and, you know, carry out that type of thought process like that, you know, in a mature manner. Then it's like, basically, I'm dealing with a fucking fifth child before my even son comes, my, my son even comes in. And that's what I'm saying to myself. I've kind of said it to her, you know, not exactly, but I kind of said that shit to her quite a few times. Let her know that, you know, she she acts fucking childish. She don't like it, but I mean, shit, I don't give a fuck. I can't really be able to call you a grown-ass woman when you're acting like a child, point blank, period. So, you know, like I said, it's just been going kind of downhill from there. Um, And, you know... Well, I'm talking about, I, I I even dodged a missile, fuck a bullet, I dodged a missile because I even wanted to marry her at one time and even had got the little little marriage documents or whatever, you know what I'm saying, and whatnot. And, you know, she she wasn't ready for it. She had said no at the time. And, like, to this day, man, like, I swear, I promise you on Jesus Sanders, man, I dropped to my knees and just thanked the most high that she had said no because I'm like, man... Like the submarine that I dodged, Jesus, man, who who would have known if she would have said yeah? I don't know, man. My shit, my divorce probably would have been quicker than Cardi B's and offsets, man. I don't know. I mean, I really try not to even go through anything like that, to be honest with you, because I wanted to be locked down for good once I happen to go ahead and, you know, have that significant other that I know that I found, that I, I cherish, and I want to be able to lock down. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, um, but yeah, to get back to, you know, uh, uh, the, the story at hand, you feel me? It was just kind of going downhill, but, you know, in the midst of it all, though, I was still waiting on my boy to go ahead and, and drop, you feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the pregnancy stages was early, and, you know, we was kind of going downhill, but, you know, I managed to be able to go ahead and work that situation to where... You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we have some of our happiest moments while she was pregnant, and we did. I think that was kind of like the best moments we ever had when she was pregnant, you know what I'm saying, with my son. Because, you know, it's just like I've I, I seen the beauty in her pregnancy. You know, of course, you know, she the baby fat was basically starting to attach to her in, in certain areas and whatnot. She had little hulking shoulders, you know what I'm saying, looking like little pigs in the blanket or whatnot. I mean, shit was looking cute. She had a little round, fat face, and you know what I'm saying? She always used to do a penguin wobble and everything when she walked. And like I was cherishing those moments and everything, you know what I'm saying? She was always the type to be, you know, always trying to walk around and do shit on her feet. And I used to set her ass down inside one of them little shopping carts and shit like that from Publix, from Walmart, Home Depot, all type of shit. I'm like, man, use man, use the fucking mobile cart, man. Just sit your ass down. They got a they got a basket in the front. You ain't gotta walk around and push the shit and sit them swole ass ankles down in that seat. And let's go ahead and drive the cart. That'll be fun. Hell, I I I hop in the cart right with her ass and be driving it with her. We'll fuck around and fake like we racing or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? Like those were the little fun moments. But you know, again, after you know my king had dropped, you know what I'm saying on May 17th. You know, um, again, you know the the, the moments were still kind of you know somewhat somewhat special around that time. You know what I'm saying? It was still pretty good. But it's slowly starting to, you know, basically just decline, 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 decline. And, you know, it's just basically, you know, I was just kind of at the edge of the cliff, you know, 
ready to go ahead and jump off and leave my love for her behind. And you know what I'm saying? It, it reached that point to where I, I, I just dived the fuck off on October 4th of 2019. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was my birthday. And that's the reason why I'll never forget that day. Because I think that was the worst birthday I've ever had in my 34 years of living. So, I was just basically like, you know, like just basically the shit that done went down that day was just like, whoo, this bitch ain't it, bro. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't deal with it. And it's like, I love her for the fact that, you know what I'm saying, she happened to, to bring, you know, two bundles of joy in my life, you know, one by birth and just, you know, one by happenstance, you know, with uh, my daughter, Jamisha, and, you know, my son, King. Um, you know, like, those, those two were basically the bright spots in, the, in, in, in my relationship with her because they were the ones that brought me the joy rather than her. You know what I'm saying? Their love was always unconditional. And, you know what I'm saying? It's like they would fulfill my needs of happiness that I needed from her. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as the unconditional love, the respect, the caring nature, you know what I'm saying? Just the fact that, you know, my daughter Jamisha sometimes, like she, I think she feels energy as well. She would kind of see me probably in a bad state. And she even does that with her mom too. She, whenever she see any one of us in a bad state or whatnot, it's like she draws to that energy and provide like affection. You know what I'm saying? She would see me in a bad state of mind or whatnot and just be like, you know, Lorenzo. Yeah, she does. She says Lorenzo, like with an extra L. I, I don't even know why she does that, but it's cute. She'll be like, Lorenzo. Are you okay? What's the matter? And, you know, I mean, she's not going to understand exactly what's the matter. So, I mean, I don't really, like, tell her per se. But, you know, I'll be like, don't worry, baby girl. Your daddy will be just fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going through my own little stuff. And then she'll come up to me. You know what I'm saying? She'll give me a hug. You know what I'm saying? She'll give me a big hug, too. Like, you know, like, she, she look, she'll she look dead at me. She'll feel my energy and just be like, yeah, my daddy need a hug. You know what I'm saying? That, and she give me a hug, and like you know, man, like sometimes that little tear just go ahead and like squeaks his little way out the corner of my eye, and I'll be like, God damn, well I ain't got no choice but to be old, soft ass huggy bear for my daughter, cause like man, she she feel like again she feels a nigga pain, and you know she just feels like he needs a hug. You know what I'm saying? And I love that about her. You know that's why. You know, like I said, man, she 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 builds that strong bond with me, and I build that strong bond with her, and I'm gonna always forever be her dad. You know, and with my boy, I mean, you know, he has his mama features, you know, more than mine. He still looks like me too, but a lot of her features showing him. But characteristics, man, whoo, Jesus, man, that is too much like me, man. I got tamed that little. That little that little rustcrat, man, he's he is something else, man. You know? His characteristics are about as strong as the 
identical features of me and my oldest son. Like, like my son, my daughter, my biological daughter, who's all, who's a twin, because my son and my daughter are twins. Um, like my son is like the charming, nurturing side of me, you know, that always, you know, what I'm saying, kind of have. An adaptable way of you know making people feel comfortable and you know just cracking jokes and laughing and just kind of you know being goofy and things like that my daughter is the other side of me the, the one that you know likes a lot of music you know what i'm saying she likes to jam you know she's straightforward and aggressive you know what i'm saying and have low tolerance of you know bs you know what I'm saying she's a fighter you know, she she's she's like a version of Baby D in real life. She's the little sister that's bigger than the big brother, like literally. Like my son is two minutes older than her, but man, you see her, she engulfs that little nigga like she's the oldest or something. Like, but that's my baby girl though, and she's about almost my height, and I still scoop her up and spin her around like she's about three years old all over again. She loved that. Um, but that's also my baby girl. Um, and then my son, like his characteristics is like both, like he can be sweet and charming, you know what I'm saying? And lovable as he is, but he got some rage in him, man. He, he just, just go around just slapping the shit out of people in the house, like his sisters and everything like that, you know, grabbing them by the dreads and whatnot. I, I got to calm him down. Like, Hey, Hey, Hey man, you get a little bit of too a little bit too aggressive with the women you know you can't be like that man i mean i know they much older than him and sometimes they get on his nerves and you know what i'm saying be irritating them or whatnot you know so i mean he he just kind of just you know goes goes into like boy rage and you know what i'm saying he, like man they big they can handle it you know you know sometimes he'll just come out the blue just walk down the hallway cock his hand back Smack shot one of the sisters and then walk on back. Like, it'd be funny, but it ain't funny. Because, again, you know, I try to teach him, you know, not to abuse women and things like that. And, you know, I got to be able to get him early while, you know, he's two years old, you know, to kind of train him not to do that. Because that could land him into serious trouble, you know, with a lot of people. And, and I definitely don't need no police showing up at the door or whatnot for no type of domestic issue because then that shit might just lead to death. How these motherfuckers doing it nowadays. And yeah, we don't want that thing to get, just kind of get out of hand and lead to something severe that it don't even need to go to. So, um, but, you know, again, it was just basically, you know, that day on October 4th, 2019, where I officially completely fell out of love with her. And the only reason why. I just stayed another year is because of, you know, me having flashbacks of what I went through with, you know, my first two kids with my twins and, you know, the reason of them not being there. And I just had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of fear that, you know, it would happen again with my second son. Not to say that their mama is like how my first baby mama is. It's not to say my second baby mama is like that, but... You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like I could trust her ways either. You know what I'm saying? Because you know she she has you know very conniving 
and you know petty ass like little vindictive ways that she like to go about with sometimes too that i seen her did with her past baby daddies and you know some of them was necessary i mean i, I some of them niggas deserved it but you know i just still see her ways and i see her mama's ways too and they're both so much strikingly similar and eerie and eerily similar because you know that's her, her mom you feel what i'm saying it's like you know i can't trust that if I can't trust her mama, I damn sure can't trust her because she she's displaying some and exhibiting some of the shit that her mom is doing. So, you know, um, I I really have to just you know what I'm saying like I say be about two steps ahead and kind of just take it into account of the things that could possibly happen and just prepare for the worst. But still, you know what I'm saying also, you know, prepare myself you know for a legal fight if necessary. Um, a, a legal, a legal custody fight if necessary. So, um, you know, I finally just broke away. You know, about a week ago, finally cleansed myself. You know, what I'm saying of that toxicity. You know, and that was just one of those days. I think I probably had, you know, just dropped a little IG, uh, not a live per se, but a video, just basically saying that you got to be able to detoxify yourself. You got to be able to go ahead and cleanse your mind, cleanse your soul, cleanse your spirit, you know, cleanse your heart, you know, because sometimes, you know, the, those things will be cluttered the fuck up. And all you're doing is just hoarding things like anxiety and stress and depression because of your situations. You know what I mean? And that's not healthy. That's not healthy for her. That's not healthy for me. It's damn sure not healthy for the kids. But most importantly, if I got to be the man and to be the dad that I'm supposed to be. I got to be able to go ahead and break away. And it's going to hurt only because, you know, breaking away from that means breaking away from the kids as well, momentarily. You know, I'm not breaking away and separating myself away from their lives because I definitely want to still be active in their lives a thousand percent. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm never, you know, going to run from my responsibilities because those are my kids. You know what I'm saying? One of them I laid down to make. But, you know, the other one, I had built a bond as if, you know, I made her too. And, you know what I'm saying, uh, I have to be able to go ahead and, and break away and detoxify myself to be the better man and the better father that I need to be, you know, for my son. That's so that effect don't rub off on my son, you know what I'm saying? He could be able to go ahead and have his dad still without his dad being dead from fucking depression, anxiety, and stress and having a mental breakdown or some shit. To where I might be butt-ass naked left in a ditch somewhere. You feel what I'm saying? You know, and I definitely don't need that. My kids for damn sure don't definitely need that. So, yeah, you know, it just feels good to be able to break away and detoxify myself. And, you know, mentally and physically. And I mean, I even haven't even smoked a joint in about a month. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ate a few edibles and shit like that. But... You know, uh, basically not even smoking a joint was just basically by habit. It was just, you know what I'm saying, like, not even by force. It was just by choice, just because, you know, uh, bronchial issues, because like, since I got bronchitis, so, I mean, I used to still was smoking anyways, but, yeah, I just had to be able to cut back. That was just part of a detoxification process as well, you know, the choice that I made. And, you know what I'm saying, I just feel like a thousand percent better. I just feel, like, more energetic. I'm getting way much better sleep than I ever had in quite a long time. You know, and that was just the best thing I could have ever did for myself, you know, during this time in my life. 
you know, as I'm getting older, like, it's it's a necessity, you know what I'm saying? You know, your mental health, man, just sustaining, you know what I'm saying, good positivity and peace for your mental health is a necessity, you know what I'm saying? You know, once you have, you know, a healthy uh, a healthy mind, you know, that basically carries out throughout the rest of your body, you know, the rest of your body becomes just as healthy as your mind is, you know, physically, internally, and externally. And I, I needed that for myself. I needed that for myself as well as for my kids. And, you know, that's, uh you know, basically, you know, the story and the start of my whole de- detoxifying process. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm keeping it going and I'm keeping it moving, you know, because everything is just going to be bigger and better from here on out. No matter, you know, the obstacles that come in front of me, you feel what I'm saying? I'm going to just... You know, go ahead, Shawn Michaels, super kick that bitch down. Feel me, sweet chin music, that motherfucker straight to the ground, kick that bitch out of the way. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I ain't got no worries, man. You feel me? Like I'm, I'm more in tune with the Most High. I'm just more in tune, you know, with my mental. Just you know, doing a lot more meditations and everything like that. By ten, uh, ten minute meditations per day. Sometimes even twenty, because I might just do it twice. You know what I'm saying? Whatever is needed to be able to go ahead and kind of keep me even kill. And just, you know, help me release my anxiety and to help me detoxify myself, you know what I'm saying, mentally and spiritually. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what's necessary and what needs to be done to be able to go ahead and, you know, help me progress, you know what I'm saying, in my journey. Um, Because it's highly necessary. And, you know, I suggest, you know, that you all happen to do that as well. Um, You know. Um, but who, like I say, man, you know, it's, I'm just feeling great right now. I'm, I'm feeling much better than I've usually ever felt. You know what I'm saying? You probably might be able to hear that in my voice. You know, probably, you know, see that in my, in my latest IG posts and things like that. You know, um, and you're gonna continue to be able to see the growth process. You know, because that's all I'm planning on doing from here on out. Like, I mean, I've, I've been doing that, you know, for the past five years now. It's just basically just working on growth. Working on, you know what I'm saying, spiritual healing and mental healing, you know. And it's been a struggle. It always is going to be a struggle whenever you're around somebody that's negative. Whenever you have nothing but negative energy, negative vibes, you know what I'm saying, your chakras being tampered with, you know what I'm saying, your whole, you know what I'm saying, your whole vibe, your whole essence is just, you know what I'm saying, being reconstructed, you know, in a way to where, you know, it's not really basically progressing forward like how you want. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's very essential, very necessary to be able to go ahead and, you know, clean out your closet, you know what I'm saying, detoxify your mind and remove all the clutter, you know, that's basically building up from within you. Highly necessary to be able to do that. Um and, you know, on a much lighter note, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my Miami Heat. Um and again, a couple of days ago they lost. I know I know it's probably maybe the second time that, you know what I'm saying, I've shot out my heat after a loss. But, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I kind of see a trend that's going with that, you know, because last time when I shot them out and they lost, they went from the fourth seed to the fifth seed, and they had to play the Indiana Pacers in the first round. They swept them niggas. Then in the second round, they played against the best team statistically, the best team in the NBA, the best record in the NBA, they had a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year in Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak. You know what I'm saying? We played the Milwaukee Bucks, and we basically damn near swept their ass up out of there, too. They, they gave them game four. The refs gave them niggas game four. That should have been a sweep. 
But we still hit them with a gentleman sweep. We got them out of there in five, you feel what I'm saying? And then we played the Boston Celtics, and we knocked them across the head first first couple games when we went up 2-0. And they, they just won uh, game three a couple days ago. So, basically, we are, well, we're now tied with the Lakers, I guess, with the best playoff record because the Lakers only lost twice. But before then, we only had one L, which really should have been none. And we still have the best record in the playoffs at 10-2. and two. And it's been a lot of rah-rah parade talks, you know, from Stephen A. Smith and the Max Kellermans and... Oh, man, don't even get me started on Kendrick Perkins. I'm talking about, man, he is at the tip of LeBron's deck, holding on to it like he's like 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 the fucking Star Spangled Banner flag pause. Like, but he, he is like the, him and Shannon Sharp are like the two true, like, homegrown, ride-or-die, dick-riding LeBron fans. Like, they can do no wrong. LeBron can do no wrong to, in their eyes. Like, he, he is like... The, the fucking black basketball Jesus, you know, he is like the fucking, the, 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 the most high, the whole book of the, the book of King James is, is the book of LeBron James in, in their eyes. It ain't even the Holy Bible. King James is the book of LeBron in their eyes, period. You know what I'm saying? And there's been a lot of parade talks. A lot of, you know, Laker love and, oh, this is LeBron's year. He's going to get his fourth ring ever since the Clippers had got knocked out. This is this just paved the way to, for a story for LeBron to win. And then he didn't even win the MVP because he lost to Giannis, which I feel is reasonably the best choice. Like, he should have lost to Giannis because this is a, a MVP, you know, se- this is a seasonal, you know, award. And a lot of people are looking at that from the season, continuing on to the playoffs of how they have progressed or, or, or how they have, you know, declined. And it's like, yo, this isn't a playoff award. I mean, I know Giannis have been kind of looking shaky while, you know, the season restarted in the bubble, you know, and, and the Bucks been looking a little shaky in the playoffs and whatnot and also got bounced in the second round by my El Heat. You feel what I'm saying? But... Again, that was a seasonal, seasonal, you know what I'm saying, uh, a statistic. But by by looking at them throughout the entire regular season, Giannis put in that work. And that's not to say LeBron didn't, but yo, Giannis clearly was the best man throughout the regular season. The playoffs is a whole different story. So Giannis definitely should have won that. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, but of course, you know what I'm saying, like with LeBron being like, you know, the the poster boy of you know you know pro black activism right now you know what I'm saying everybody's just riding for LeBron and riding with LeBron and feel like LeBron should get this and LeBron should get that well first LeBron need to start winning and I'm not just talking about just in the playoffs and everything like that it's been about damn near five years since the nigga had got a ring you feel me and I know everybody is just rooting for him to be able to finally get his fourth ring that you know he's doing this for the Lakers he's doing this you know what I'm saying in dedication of Kobe he's doing this you know for all black people and whatnot and that's all cool and whatnot so you know the rah-rah and the parade talks are just like you know they're shooting to the moon right now but as I've said before when I was saying that with the Clippers however the Clippers you know they folded they, they folded hard you know what I'm saying I don't know what the fuck was going on with them because I already thought it was going to be LA versus LA in these conference finals but now I'm just talking about the finals, the NBA finals, because you know Clippers are out. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't kick the rocks in the second round. 
again, I'm going to say this again. While there's all the parade talks and all the rah-rah going on for LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers and whatnot, keep it up. Keep it going. Because through all that noise, the heat is staying silent. They're hungry. They're aggressive. They're focused. They're locked in. They got their ears pinned back and they're ready to attack. These young pit bulls ain't fucking around. And Jimmy Butler is the leader. Bam Adebayo is having a fucking breakout season. And he's only 23 years old. This is just his fourth year in the league, y'all. Bam Adebayo is around here slapping shit out of the goddamn basketball bubble. Okay? He's, he's, he's slapping the ball out of the basketball bubble. Pause. He, he's, man, Tyler Hero. Ooh-wee. Man, when that, that that little young white boy start to catch fire and start hitting about three, four threes, five threes in a row, and he go to talking his shit to the opponent's sideline, because, yeah, he a rookie, but he going to talk that shit. He going to get in your face, and he going to let you know, man, hey, look, just because I'm a rookie, man, don't get this shit twisted up out here. I'll, let, I'll show your ass up and let you know you can't even handle this white boy. This the new white chocolate in the house. Jason Williams is gonna. Jason Williams will highly approve. You feel what I'm saying? Cause he got handles too. Tyler Hero got handles. Low key that people don't people ain't ain't watching because they ain't really looking at the heat like that. But they they they, they about to get woke. They about to get woke. Believe you me. The heat fuck around and meet the Lakers in the finals, they're gonna get woke. Duncan Robinson? That white boy is bad as hell too. Kendrick Nunn, who came in second in the rookie of the year. And deservingly so, because that little young nigga been putting in work throughout the entire year. Zion shouldn't even want to be in the mix, because that nigga only was in, only in there just for the hype, because he had hype all season. But a nigga only played probably about like forty games, and he only played about like twenty of them, at like after the All Star break. Like he, he really ain't been playing that much throughout that season, because the, the nigga been injured. You know what I'm saying? But it's just a lot of hype around him, a lot of LeBron-like type of hype that he's got. You know, since he got into the league. And the hype really had got him into the voters. Point blank, period. Um, but Kendrick Nunn had came in second place, and John Moran, of course, won rookie of the year. And but to get back to my heat, man, Jimmy Butler, when I talk about the anchor, when I mean like the 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 captain, the one who's leading the way. Well, I'm gonna say the lieutenant, because Spolstra is the captain. Eric Spolstra, you know what I'm saying, doesn't get enough credit that he deserves and you know, he, he's a very respectable coach in the NBA, but, man, he's a damn good coach, man. A damn good coach with two rings under his belt. Basically, LeBron wouldn't even be the player that he is today if he didn't have the mentors and the coaches like a Dwayne Wade, like a Udonis Haslam, like an Eric Spoelstra and a Pat Riley. I mean, y'all wouldn't be looking at LeBron the same right now if he hadn't even came over here to the Heat and developed his game because over here in the Miami Heat organization, you know what I'm saying? We do player development. We do something similar to what Craig Popovich and the Spurs do up over there. You feel what I'm saying? We do player development up over here. If you don't believe that, man, look at Mario Chalmers and how he was back when, you know what I'm saying, he was over here winning championships with the Heat 2012-2013, going to the, going to the uh, uh, NBA Finals four years in a row. Look at Norris Cole, his first two years in the league. That nigga became a champion as a rookie. You feel what I'm saying? You don't even hear from them niggas now. You don't even know where they at since they left the Heat. You don't even see where they at. Look at Mike Miller. 
Mike Miller was a marksman specialist in other places. He Man, that man came to the heat. He was dangerous. He was hitting daggers from everywhere. This man was going 7-7 seven seven from the three-point line with only one shoe on and a clean-ass little, little little white sock with a goddamn snowball at the back. Man, 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 look, man. Man, look, we, we got player development up over here, and Jimmy Butler fits the role perfectly. He is he is he is embodied with Miami Heat basketball. You know what I'm saying? And then and then the rest of the young bucks just fall in line. You feel what I'm saying? They follow the leader. You know what I'm saying? They're tightened up. Like I say, the ears pinned back, ready to attack. These are young pit bulls and, and assassins, man. And that's what the Lakers gotta go ahead and watch out for. They got the star power. You know what I'm saying? They 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 got the the whole, you know what I'm saying, big market spotlight and everything like that over there in L.A. and whatnot. And Miami's a big market, too. Like, it ain't no L.A. or no New York, of course, but or, or even the Chicago. But, yo, we got a big market down here, too. Like, Miami is no slouch, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in the highlight department. Let's just not get it twisted. But L.A. is L.A. I mean, we, we can't touch that point blank period. We can't touch L.A. as far as when it comes to the big market. But I'm just saying, man, don't don't sleep on the heat. Please don't sleep on the heat. Because where there's smoke, there's fire. When there's fire, there's L heat. You feel what I'm saying? We finna light that ass up. So, Heat Lakers in the NBA Finals, all I'm saying is, Laker fans, please put your trumpets down, uh, put your trombones down, um, your drums, you know what I'm saying, your, your neck cannon drums and everything. Put, just please, just... Don't don't be trying to go ahead and, and bring the marching band out so early. You, you will get a rude awakening. It will hurt your soul that you ran have counting your eggs before they hatch. And the heat come over and light that fire to that shit and get to cooking them eggs. Sunny side up, scrambled, fried, omelet, how you like it. I'm telling you, because we're going to go ahead and make breakfast out of that shit. And believe you me, if we fuck around... And end up shocking the world like how Denver Nuggets had shocked the world when they knocked out the Clippers. If the Heat fuck around and shock the world and give LeBron his seventh championship L, his seventh out of ten trips, you only got three rings and seven L's. We fuck around, and I'm, I'm and I'm gonna be careful with it. I'm not, I'm not you know what I'm saying I'm I'm speaking you know championship fruition to my Heat, but I'm not gonna jinx it either. I'm just saying. If that happens to happen, and we fuck around and break the hearts of many fucking Laker fans, of many fucking LeBron fans, and we drop an elbow on LeBron's newly re replenished hairline and give that nigga an L across his tape, oh my goodness. Hey, for one and only, for, for first and foremost, I'm finna have a big ass chuckle, a, a laugh, a holler and a scream and a celebration about it. Not for, not off the strength of LeBron, but off the strength of that the Heat got their fourth championship before LeBron did. The Heat organization will fuck around and have a championship before LeBron James. And in the process of doing that, give LeBron James his seventh L in the finals. Do you know what that would look like on his basketball legacy? Basketball, purely basketball. I'm not, I'm not talking about his overall legacy of what he's doing for the game of basketball and what he's doing for the sport and what he's doing for the Laker organization and what he's doing for his brand. I'm not talking about it. Just strictly off basketball legacy. Do you know what that'll do for him? Like, first of all, people need to stop the whole LeBron James, Michael Jordan comparisons. 
And for one, I feel like that's a disrespect to Kobe because, like, you're not even better than Baby Jordan. So, like, don't don't compare yourself to, you know, the original, you know what I'm saying, to the actual GOAT. You feel what I'm saying? And, and this generation will never understand that because all they've seen was LeBron, and they've only seen videos and old footages of Jordan. You know what I'm saying? They've seen LeBron, like, right now while it's happening. You know, I've seen Jordan at that point, at that time, live while it was happening, the way how this generation was looking at LeBron and partially looking at Kobe. I've seen Jordan and Kobe live, like maybe not live, like at the actual games, but like I I've seen them put in work while the games were going. As a Heat fan, I've seen when Michael Jordan and fuck around and just, you know, broke our spirits and dreams in 1997, okay? When, when the Miami Heat went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we was getting our ass smacked the fuck around and damn near got swept until Alonzo Mourner had made a statement and a promise saying that we was going to win game four and we definitely won game four. But then game five, they were like, all right, take your ass back to South Beach. We we, we, we about to finish up with you and we ready to go ahead and play the Utah Jazz now. Uh, thank you for coming. Yeah, and my little young Miami Heat lifer heart was broke. Because I really felt like that was our strongest and best year to be able to kind of win the championship in the 90s for ourselves and set a momentum. But, of course, just like with every other team that was in the East, Michael Jordan put a stop to that. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls put a stop to that. I'm not, not going to disrespect Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and Ron Harper either. Because uh, them niggas was a part of that. But, yeah, they, 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 they definitely put a stop to that. There was no Heat championship in the 90s. It was going to ever happen. As long as Jordan was playing. And that was just the facts. But ever since then, though, we happen to have three championships for the organization with a potential fourth that might be along the way. So for all the Laker fans and the LeBron fans and the Heat haters, it's okay. It's okay. We know that deep down in your bone marrow, you really love us. And we're just going to keep quiet. Going to go ahead and keep taking it a game at a time. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Got much respect for them boys as well as Brad Stevens. However, I still hate the fucking Celtics. Don't like the Celtics. Never did. Never will. Um, they can be able to go ahead and gawk gawk on a Charlie Sheen dick with pre-cum at the tip and catch COVID AIDS. I don't give a fuck about the Celtics. I got respect for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, though. And I got respect for that coach because he coaches almost kind of like Eric Spolstra. Not exactly like Eric Spolstra, but he's a very good coach himself. You know, so I got respect for them cats. You know, and, and I got respect for Kemba Walker too. You know, shout out to Kemba Walker. You know, he he's a very good and very respectable player. You know, very a very uh very good NBA player, all star. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that that that's where the buck stops. Any and everybody else from Celtics past, uh, present, and future, fuck you. So that'll be said right there. And um. You know, I'm about to get ready to go ahead and head on out, folks. And, uh, you know, shout out to my Heat. Shout out to L Heat. You know, hope to see y'all in the championship as well as win the chip. Um, and, again, you know, just clear your mind, folks. Detoxify yourself. Detoxification is a process. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be thoroughly cleansed in one day or overnight or by the next week. But it's a, it's a journey. It's a lifestyle. you got to always be able to go ahead and, you know what I'm saying, clear the old you out and be able to make room for the new you and the, and the much more better and the much more improved you. You know what I'm saying? And I, I definitely hope that, you know what I'm saying, uh, 
any one of my listeners can be able to go ahead and take something up out of it. You know what I'm saying? You always got to be able to improve yourself. You can never be stagnant and be the old you because you'll never see growth. You'll never see progress. You know what I'm saying? And you'll never be able to go ahead and just kind of, you know, expound on life. You know what I'm saying? Just expound on life, man. Never be afraid to be able to go ahead and just, you know, push yourself forward. You know what I'm saying? To challenge yourself. You know what I'm saying? To just get out there and just, you know what I'm saying? And see what life has to give you because there's a lot out there in life. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to be stuck in that hamster wheel, then you ain't going to never have that progress moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Have the most high take the wheel and, you know what I'm saying, make sure that you are the mechanic of the car. You got to be able to go ahead and put in that work to be able to get it to move. But then when it's time to be able to go ahead and start the engine and, and, and drive off, make sure that the most high is at the wheel and let him go ahead and do the rest of the work for you. That's what he does for. He's just waiting on you to say, hey, you ready to go? You ready to go? You know what I'm saying? So just keep it moving, you feel what I'm saying? Keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Keep your, keep yourself at peace. You know what I'm saying? Keep yourself healthy. You know, find your inner peace. You know what I'm saying? Keep your inner peace. Maintain your inner peace. You know what I'm saying? Peace to all y'all out there. Peace to my black people. You know, much love. You know, stay safe out there. Protect yourselves out there. Salutations, y'all.